truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. That's the misnomer we have when it comes to being with the Lord. It's like we come in with, all right, God, here, here's what I need. This is my dreams. Again, I'm not saying those are bad, but what if we shift the perspective and we say, God, I'm just after you. And what happens is the desires of his heart become your desires, and then things start to become much more open. Hey guys, it's Michael, and we had an incredible conversation today. I brought a good friend of mine, Kieran Emanuel, who is a student pastor at Arise Church in Brandon, Florida. He's got a beautiful family full of girls in the house, loves his family, loves the local church, but ultimately the wisdom and encouragement of taking this moment and abiding in God and truly coming back to the Father was incredible. I believe it's going to encourage you today. Well, I am pumped up about today's show. I got a good friend of mine um, with me today, but he's not just a good friend. He's a guy I respect. I love his heart for the local church, love his heart for his family. Uh, Karen Emanuel is with Come us on. today, bro. How are you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Just trying to survive. Just trying to survive, bro. Yeah, so you're on isolation, right? You're in, uh, uh, what part of Florida are you in? So I'm in Brandon, Florida. Just Brandon. the outskirts of Tampa. Yeah, man. Okay. And yeah, definitely in isolation. You know, our church is doing everything they can to respect the government's ordinances and the CDC. Sure. But we still work at times. But yeah, bro, I'm stuck at home and I'm an extrovert. And so that's yeah. That's been that's been tough. Your insides tough. are screaming for human interaction right now, bro, right? Ridiculous. So right being here <laughs> got me pumped. Oh. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm like I like I told you the other day when we were chatting. I'm like a hybrid, bro. I I I, I choose when I extrovert, though I extrovert well. I get to, I kind of like like to be able to choose. So I've been able to kind of adjust my life and take advantage of some alone time, but I do have those moments where it's like, okay, I do need people, you know, uh, around me and I like to be able to joke around and stuff. So yeah, and I know what I do know about you is you are extremely extroverted energetic so i'm picturing you on the couch with your with your legs shaking up and down like yo 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 <laughs> bro <laughs> my whole body shaking man <laughs> going through, through withdrawals right now you know what I yeah mean? i feel you man but but you got you got some girls though with you uh you're surrounded by girls at your house how many kids you got yeah man i got um three lovely three lovely little kids man my i have three and um they're all girls we tried for a boy, but we failed three times. And uh, um, we have our oldest. Her name is Kylie Ray Esther Emanuel. The second is Myla Grace Emanuel. And the last one is True Hope Emanuel. And something cool about my two oldest daughters, I tell people this all the time, their birthdays are unique. So Kylie's birthday is 314, I'm sorry, 31714. And Myla's birthday is 31470. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> and so it's it's been fun and my wife and i um eric man we've been married for eight years in august wow. bro nice eight years and so it's been it's been a fun journey for the only guy in the house yeah i understand bro i was the same way um and when i got married i got adopted into a family that is all women too of course except mm-hmm. for the father so mm-hmm. it just seems like my whole life i've just been surrounded by Women family members, so it is yep. what it is. However, I'm believing, and everyone on the on on the show can uh, can witness to this. I'm believing for a son. Come on, and 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 I I believe it's gonna happen, man. So I'm Let declaring that. I'm declaring it. I want two sons and two daughters. That would be great, but I'll take whatever God gives me. 
okay? And and I'll and I'll try to steward it well. But I believe hey, how many kids do you want total then? Uh four. You want four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we're in agreement. If my, my, my wife might be listening to this right now and be like, wait, so that's not what we agree with, but that's that that's the real me coming out right now. I would like two, two sons, two older sons, and then the girls can come in. And the, the goal is obviously to raise my kids up in the ways of the Lord and yeah. uh, and and obviously train them in the gym so they got the strong muscles. So at come elementary on. school, ain't nobody gonna mess with my girls, right? They're gonna come be on, on right? they're gonna be on the on the you know on the playground. Uh, yeah, so that's the goal, man. I want, you know, cause I can't be on school. That's illegal and creepy. So I want, the, I want my sons, right. To be there to protect for, uh, you know, the family. But anyways, bro, uh, dude, so some of my people or some of my listeners, I should say, they may not know who you are. Um, so why don't you, why don't we talk a little bit about kind of your role in ministry and then we'll go into a little bit of kind of what you're processing right now. Sure. Yeah. So, um, my go, my role. I'm a student pastor at a church in Brandon, Florida, called Arise Church. I've been in student ministry for eight years, and so um, this I've been at this church in particular for um, coming on two in October. And bro, I love it, man. If I can go back, the way I started in youth ministry was unconventional. I didn't, hmm. first of all, you know, like many people, I didn't, I didn't care for. Funny, my parents are Christians, and they're they're actually ministers, and I grew up loving listening to about God, but not loving um, sure. living the life for the Lord. And so when I got to the age where I was out of the house, man, I did my own thing. I had no, bro, I can, I can tell you right now, ministry was the, not even on my mind. It wasn't yeah. even on the list of things to do. I wanted to play football. I thought I was going to make in the league. So I went, I got a scholarship to play at a, a pretty small college. Um, and I went there and went stupid and yeah. not, not being able to go back. I remember in, it was in those seasons that the Lord was really shaping me, and He was really calling me back to Himself. And He put He put my my wife in my life strategically, bro, because she was the voice of reason. Um, she was the person in the gap, pushing, encouraging, reminding me. I remember being on the plane, having like a Bible, uh, and actually reading through it. You know what I'm saying? And because of because of her faithfulness and really belief that God had something for me in my life, and. Mm-hmm. So I can I, I remember just not really wanting to be in this in this Christian thing and all of a sudden it switched, bro. It switched. I was at I was at a job in Tampa. I was working an overnight shift and I was on the forklift. And so I'm I tell people this all the time, man. Erica used to always sneak music into my iPod. And that's when it was like the skinny ones. She she snuck this this song by Barlow Girl. I need you to love me. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's just like punk rock, like look it up. It's something that I wouldn't be listening to. You know what I'm saying? That you wouldn't expect. And so I got I got Little Wayne bumping. I got all these like, you know, this kind of like secular sure. trap yeah, music. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this this Caucasian girl, I need you to love me. Bro, jacked me up. I'm on the forklift and it came on and it said it said a line, and I I don't remember verbatim, but the line was like this. God, how can you love me? You still love me, even though I'm horrible, even though I'm bad. And he's still pursuing after me. And then wow. that hit me, bro. Literally tears dropped from my face. And, yeah. I, and I, right there, I knew that the Lord really had had really taken hold of my heart. And I changed. Ever since then, I've never looked back. Bro. I remember Come the on. next day, I'm like, Erica, what's tithing? How do I tithe? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, how much yeah. should I give? I'm like, let me find a church. And yeah. uh, as, I, as I kept moving forward, you know, God called me into ministry. And again, I thought I was just admiring the 
they're communicating. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I'm like, oh, this guy, this this dude is, is lit. I'm like, he's exciting. I, I love him. And yeah. it really wasn't that. It was God stirring something in my heart. Mm. And I was sitting, I remember I was sitting on my, uh, a few minutes later, I was sitting on my, on my youth pastor's desk, who is my mother-in-law. And she was like, man, all perplexed. Man, I need a middle school director. Excuse me. I need a middle school director. And for some reason, bro, something out of my soul said, I'll do it. And I remember looking back and like, what the heck am I, what am I talking about? Yeah. And ever since then, I've been in ministry. I've never looked back. The Lord kept setting mile marks. Because oftentimes in this, in this world, you know, discouragement comes. Yeah. You, you feel unqualified. You feel unworthy. But God kept setting mile markers to, to encourage me and remind me that this is something he has for me. And he's calling me and he's going to equip me to do it. You know, I love it because it, it seems like it was more of a journey of experiencing your call for ministry. It wasn't like a one-time moment. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people are looking for that one-time moment where God just tells you everything you need to do. But for a lot of us, I was the same way as you. It was a journey. It was a journey yeah. of, uh, of experiencing his love through our failures, through our, uh, you know, getting things wrong, through our experience in life, moments that God speaks to us. Uh, it's a journey, so I love I love that uh, it was a journey for you, which I think part of that it really helps build your heart for the long haul of ministry, right? Uh, you, it, would you agree that you you were formed and are still being formed uh, with the heart for people? Um, so, which which I kind of which opens up a, my my question, and I want to zero in on something you said because when you first got into church, you you talked a little bit about seeing the enamor of the preacher and being like, man, Mm -hmm. this guy is hype. I love Mm -hmm. this. Right. I think that a lot of Christians can resonate with that. Um, that church has become that for them in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, we're in a series in a season of sitting down. Many of us like you being forced to sit down like me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forgot I had a couch, but I've, I, I know it very well now. Right. So we're, we're forced to sit down What's the valuation process been like for you? You know, what what are some things that you've been processing in these moments? Man, that's that's such a good thing um, to consider because right now in this moment, I think a lot of people can resonate with this. Before this whole pandemic hit, I think everyone was on tenth gear, yeah, and moving fast, 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 not catching what God really wanted us to catch. And this virus, I don't believe it was God who caused it. Yeah, but I do think God allowed it. Sure. And this is this is a forced Sabbath for Sabbath for a lot of us, bro. Yeah. And speak from a personal standpoint, man. I was, I was, I was forgetting my priorities. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. What is what does Matthew six thirty three tells us? Seek first the kingdom of God. And I think what I was doing, I was seeking the things of the kingdom, but yeah. not actually Him. Yeah. And so this for me, bro, has been it's been a, a moment to slow down. And I mentioned this to you the other day. Society's concern and theme um, is, hey, we got we got all this time. Let's find new things to do. For me, I need to find I need to find ways to do the things that I wasn't doing. Yeah. And zeroing on those things, man. There's people I was neglecting, family members I wouldn't spend time with, more time with the Lord. Uh, I wasn't devoting to because being transparent here, a, a regular workday is like, oh, I got to get to the office. So let me let me drop 15 minutes here, or let me let me. Let me say, oh, I'll just pray in the shower, which again, I'm not knocking any of those. Those are great things. Yeah. But I think, I think the focus was not there, like spending time with God, 
knowing what you have to do before and what you got to do after and spending time with him. And that, again, that may be 15 minutes, but the mindset, the mindset is letting everything go and just seeking him with everything that you have. I think because of the, the rate of, of our speed, we forgot about the mindset and it became a ritual and it became something to do. And it's, and instead of wanting to be with Jesus. And so that's for me, man, I, it's been a lot slower. This isolation is, is teaching me to, to have a great insight on who I am in the Lord and, and drive towards that. Dude, I love that. And, the, and, you know, for a lot of our listeners that, that resonates with them right now because they're in that season. Uh, I hear a lot of people talking about just being able to experience God's presence, even many for the first time. Some people maybe have never got the opportunity to really sit, rest, and dig in deep in prayer and the Word. Um, so I love that you were vulnerable enough to share that. And I myself, I think all of us leaders, if we are humble enough to admit, we've been able to evaluate and realize, yeah, there's things that were going on in our mind, in our hearts, in our emotions, in our lives that God needed to adjust. And I yeah. agree, God, of course, did not cause this. Uh, God's plan is is for a redeemed creation. So his, his this is nothing uh, even close to his will <laughs> or his plan for, for us in this world. Uh, but the reality is the church was always uh, forced to be in the face of suffering because mm-hmm. we're the priests of this world. So we, just like Jesus, step into the role of, of mediating God's presence and love in the face of suffering. And so I think that a, a little bit of what God is allowing us to see is not persecution. Pers- if you want to see persecution, go to China, right? Go to Iran. If yeah. you really want to see the the church being persecuted. Don't look at COVID-19 in America right now. That's, that's not it. Um, you know, so let's get our minds off of us being persecuted and, and take our minds into what is God speaking to us right now in a moment of just the reality of a broken world. This is just the reality of a broken world. And, uh, I, I think I had Terry on Terry Parkman on the show the other day, and I love what he said. He said people are trying to give significance to this thing that it doesn't need to have, and God right. never meant to have. This is not, in my personal perspective, God, uh, you know, punishing anybody. But in the moment we pull away, we can we can hear His voice in the opportunity of being isolated. So. I love that you were vulnerable enough to share that. And and something that uh, I've learned um, even in this moment, and I want to kind of give you an opportunity to share that a little bit, is when you're in the presence of God, things that were important before become unimportant, and things mm-hmm. that may not have been on the radar become wide in your mind, right? Like, for example, when, you get, when you're mad and frustrated and you, maybe you have an issue with somebody and you go into the presence of God and all of a sudden, oh, you're not even mad at them anymore, mm-hmm. right? It's not even an issue anymore because you're now stepping into God's priorities, right? What he cares about in his presence and his, he doesn't care about how, how much, how mad you are, somebody, whatever he cares about grace and love and unity. And so you're stepping into the presence of God in your moments, the past few weeks, what have become, what, what, what has become clear to you? Like what has become important to you in those moments? Man, I think, the, the, the simple way to answer this is, for me, it's the Mary effect, right? In, a, in John chapter, Luke chapter 10, where Martha and Mary have Jesus in their home. 
get Mary so focused on Jesus. I think for me in those moments, nothing else matters. Nothing else, nothing else matters. And again, it's taking God, the government and everything else to like strip these things away for me to realize, whoa, like Instagram followers don't matter right now. And again, I'm not saying they're not important. I'm not saying they're not effective for influencing the world, but they're not important right now. Buildings, church buildings, bro, those are not the most important thing. You know, all like we realize in the snap of a finger, everything can be taken away from us except for our relationship with the Lord. Come on. Except for that. Like nothing can separate us from the love of God. So this is the marriage thing. Whenever I, whenever I'm, I'm digging in, I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus per se, bro, nothing else matters but him. And then Mm -hmm. he starts to work things in me and, and reveal things out of me and start to say, man, Ken, you shouldn't be angry at this person. Yeah. And the way you're talking to your daughters is, is not accurate. How you how you're connecting with your wife, that's not you to be doing. Like those things, like, oh Lord, yes, yes, teach me, spend time, man. And honestly, it gets addictive because mm-hmm. all all I want to do is be closer to him. Wow. And if I'm focused on that, bro, he's gonna do the rest. Yeah. Like he'll do the rest. He'll start right. to reveal, like, bro, you you're you're this, this, and this, and this, and I start to speak things into you. But only thing I'm focused on is spending time with him. I think that's that's the misnomer we have when it comes to being with the Lord. It's like we come in with, all right, God, here, here's what I need. This is my dreams. Again, I'm not saying those are bad, but what if we shift the perspective and we say, God, I'm just after you. And what happens is the desires of his heart become your desire, and then things start to become much more open, mm. much much more desirable. Like, oh, my gosh, I the Lord gave me this. And it's not just a cliche thing we're saying. It's like, no, no. The Lord gave me this because I was seeking him. He says, hey, look, mm. I want you to start this or I want you to connect with that person. Yeah. And so that's it, man. I, Whenever I'm I'm with the Lord, I, I want to, one, make sure my mind is focused on nothing but him. Yeah. Um, and two, just just let him work on me, bro. Yeah. Just let him work on me and let him, yeah. let him speak to me in ways that that I need to be spoken to. You know man, what I'm that's, saying? That's so, I do know what you're saying. And that's so good, man, because as leaders, now this is from a leadership perspective, as leaders, mm-hmm. this is a difficult thing for us to do because we oh. become so zeroed in on how do we help other people grow. Oh and we gosh. lose the sight of our own growth being the catalyst of change in other people. That what God is doing in you is going to produce that fruit that is going to influence and impact other people to draw closer to him and experience Absolutely. that same transformation in their life so it's like god is taking these idols of accomplishment and success and doing out of our hands and is saying listen the passion is there i don't believe that any uh these leaders that we have uh in this let's just talk about the american church right now i don't think that they're lacking passion i think the passion Mm -hmm. for the lord is there the passion to serve him is there it's just that they've gotten ahead of abiding in God, and now they're mm-hmm. doing, doing, doing through systems, uh, stuff like all of these things that we've created, and we've lost the element of abiding in John, like John 15 writes, abiding in the vine and letting the power and life giving blood of Jesus flow through, right, uh, the the vine out into our lives, and that being the power that impacts the world. And, and there's sometimes no better way 
to abide in him than when you have no other uh when you have no other options. I remember when I first got saved and I I was literally left with not many other options, right? I I needed God to mm-hmm. move in my life and so I said, I'm all in, man. I'm jumping all in. I'm abiding in God. I've been in the world. I've been on drugs. I've seen all these things. Nothing has anything for me. I'm all in for God. And that original love of abiding in him was powerful for transformation in my life, for affecting people around me. But then going on in ministry, you get to learn how to do things and you get skilled at doing things and you get skilled at preaching the gospel and all of these things. And you begin to start doing and you forget that it was always the abiding in God that was producing fruit in your life. Not just fruit for yourself, but fruit that impacts the people around you. So what you said just struck a chord with me because as leaders across the board, everybody should be hearing this. Everybody should be evaluating, are you abiding in God? Because if you're not, like the Bible says in John 15, 1 through 5, apart from him, you can nothing. do nothing. Nothing. And that's the key, right? Because a lot of times, instead of focus on his present, we're focused on, as a leader, what we can present, right? And so we'll pick up the Bible thinking, oh, this this will well, but we're not we're not allowing it to be the mirror to reflect what our what our life is going at. And so, again, these are things that I've been wrestling with because mm. I'll find anything. It's like, oh, I can present this to yeah. our team, or I can present that. But really, God's saying, no, no, I need you to focus on being present with me mm. and mm. and abiding in me and focused on me. And that's 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 super key right now for for the time we're going in. Like, and that's a hard thing to do, right? It's so hard, bro. It's so hard. Like it's not easy. Like we don't say these things because it's like the easiest thing. Because it sounds good on paper and yeah. it sounds good on podcast, but that yeah. to live that out is difficult. Yeah, but it's it's a daily grind. It's yeah, a daily grind. And so we got We got to keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Um, yeah, I, and, and, and I love that you said it because it's not. It, it it's not for all the listeners that are thinking, man, you're beating yourself up right now. Listen. Every Christian who's ever lived, period, has experienced this dilemma uh, of of being pulled by the world and being pulled by the anxieties and pressures of having to survive in this world to completely resting and trusting in God. That is something that is a discipline, just like it's a discipline for someone who's never been to the gym to go consistently. You're going to be pulled back to the pizza box. Listen, the pizza box has been has been winning with me lately, bro. It's a pull, right? You know what I'm saying? It's a sad (laughs) truth, man. It's a sad truth. So it's a discipline. You have to discipline your your body, your mind, your heart, your emotions. Everything has to be in line with completely focusing on God. So I know that you are a, a guy who understands discipline, right? You work out in the gym. You 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 learn how to you know how to build your life around certain things, and you also have a spiritual life. What are some things that you've been able to do um, recently? Just some practical things that have helped you kind of to stay to be able to abide, like we're talking about. Right. And so I first say this discipline I've, I've learned um, a long time ago is doing what you need to do when you don't want to do it. Mm. And with that same truth, there has to be grace, especially in this in, a, in this time, because everyone's been knocked out of their rhythm. Right. Sure. Yep. Like we've all been knocked out of my rhythm. My rhythm has completely changed. Now, I used to have a few hours before I go into work because the kids are in school. Now I don't. I'm just, mm. I'm, you know, in the house with surrounded by people and and surrounded by people who need my attention. And so I think for me, the discipline I've stuck in my mind is find the rhythm of the day. Mm. Find the rhythm of the day. 
you know what I'm saying? And then that's that's worked out so well for me. Like to yesterday, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna work out three times a week from home. I'm gonna do Tuesday. I'm gonna do Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then on those days, I'm gonna make sure that in that day I get a good 25 minutes an hour by myself. And I tell my wife, or I tell everybody, like, I need I need some time by myself. And usually for me, that's late at night because everybody's asleep. Yeah, I'm good to go. Yeah. And so I think it's it's understanding that one, we have to be willing to do what we don't want to do, and then we have to we have to give ourselves grace to say, okay, it doesn't have to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be a picture perfect way. I think this is a lot of people get this this idea that like being with God has to look like this like holy moment where you're up at the crack. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying I'm trying to give I'm trying to ease some people's mind and say, no man, God is still there at three o'clock. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. God yeah, is still around at five p.m. God is still around yeah. at twelve when you yeah. when you're on your lunch break and only time you have right now is an hour. So you spend he's there wherever you are, and I think just yeah. finding that rhythm and finding that grace is so important. And for me, it's just being disciplined to do it every day. Yeah. When that day, that I don't it doesn't matter to me, but doing it every day that's the most important part. Doing it every single day and finding finding a time. Again, I got three girls. So I got to find a time and I, I find it here. I find it in the morning. I find it late at night. I find it in the afternoon when everyone's napping, um, but doing it. Um, and I think it's relieving because then you understand that the Lord is Lord is the God of 24 hours, not just the early yeah. hours in the morning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally, man. And, and, and I love that you're giving space. It's okay to find your own rhythm. Um, yes. Many people struggle with that because they hear of the rhythms of their spiritual leaders and they try to mm-hmm. build that exact model into their life. And my suggestion has always been to people to find something that's life-giving. One, uh, a good friend of mine uh, said this in one of our episodes a while back, and he said, if you're starting out and you've never prayed before or you never read the word or whatever, find find the thing that gives life to you most and do that. And, yeah. and and, and do it when it works for you and build from there. You know, uh, I used to never pray in the morning because I would fall asleep and I would just be <laughs> sleeping at the feet of God. Right. And and so uh, I'm not sure if that did anything for me or not. I don't know. But um, and I just was convinced that I was never going to be. Well, now I wake up in the morning and I can, you know, spend hours with God. And but yeah. that didn't happen overnight, right? And yeah. matter matter of fact, I never prayed in the morning. It was it was me building my life around God. Now I could I want to pray whenever, however, wherever, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and and it I but I've learned the rhythm of doing that, and that didn't come overnight. And be be gracious to yourself and don't condemn yourself. Just find something that works for you. Right. And start there. And understand there's seasons for everything too, because. There was a season in my life where, bro, I was up early in the morning, five o'clock, went to the gym. Um, and then not only that, then came home. I still had three hours before anybody was ever up. And I, I, I spent my time there. But that was pre-kids. Yeah. Post three kids. Now things look different. And so I think, like you said, find a time that works for you, whatever works for you, because God is on our side. Like he's, mm-hmm. he just wants to be with us. Yeah. He doesn't care when. He just wants to be with us every day. As yeah. many times as possible. It's not like what is possible. Pray without ceasing. The idea is always yeah. have the Lord on your mind. Yeah. Always thinking yeah. about him. Always yeah. communicating with him in, in ways that really stir up your affection for him all, all the more. And so that's that's the goal, right? The goal is not to say, Oh yeah, I do this. 
you know, another goal is like not spend time with the Lord. Yeah, it looks different every day, but it's it's every day. You know what I'm saying? Love it, man. Just give ourselves grace for that. You know what I'm talking about? I get it, bro. I echo your thought, man. I love it. He is on. You uh, are on his mind all day, and he just wants you. Uh, him he just wants to be on your mind and ultimately the plan is this is the end of the story and i don't mean to ruin it for those of you still reading the bible haven't got to revelation yet but i'm gonna ruin it spoiler spoiler he he is with us at the end he's with us at the end that is the end goal god with us period yeah and that's that's the end goal man and so and he wants it now and he wants that to carry into our ultimate destiny, which is the new heavens, the new earth, God redeeming this world, and us being with him, him being with us. Love that you shared that, man. And Bro, I'm, you know what? You said something that was really beautiful, man. You said that, and I think no, we missed it, even me at times. You said that we are always on his mind. What, a, what an amazing and beautiful concept mm. that we're always on his mind that should bless somebody right now like Mm. we're always on his mind even though we've lost a job we're always on his mind even though we're going through relational struggles we're always on his mind so that 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 should drive us even more right so like god's always thinking about us like yeah he's always thinking about us like i could just think i could just see it right now we say hey lord in our prayer time we're hey lord like oh i was just thinking about you like you know i mean how beautiful is that it's so beautiful, God, man. And so when beautiful. I I often have these moments, and I have to humble myself, and I'll humble myself in front of all you guys right now. I I almost daily have moments where I come to the Lord, and He quietly doesn't rebuke me, but just reminds me, "Hey, you're wandering, right? Mm. You're, you're, you're you're drifting, right? You're focusing on things that aren't important. I'm with mm-hmm. you. I'm here for you. These are the things that He will whisper into my heart throughout Absolutely. the day to remind me." chill relax don't focus and stress about these things i'm with you right or your mind is drifting stop trying to control things stop trying to put your hands on things right he's quietly and constantly reminding me to trust him throughout the rhythm of the day and i'm not saying i'm floating on clouds with the violin you know talking to god i'm talking about i'm on the grind i'm in tampa i'm about to hit the horn because people can't drive right and god will be like (laughs) chill right you know chill he's with you throughout the day leading you and guiding you and yes you're absolutely like i love that you you echoed that with me man he you are on his mind constantly Because you are his beloved. You are Mm. his people. You are the object of his affection that he's placed in this world. And he ultimately desires to share this loving uh, relationship, not only between you, but to all of creation. That's what Romans 8, 19 says, that all of creation is waiting for the full redemption of humanity. Why? Because our connection with God is not only so powerful for us, but it actually blesses the whole of creation. Like That's how powerful our relationship with God is that the love that we share with our creator actually is brings healing and life to this world like that's that's an amazing thing when you take a a powerful uh marriage and you bring them into a situation that love affects the atmosphere right because it's that it's it's that relationship that pours out not only just for them but for the people around them magnify that by like a billion times your relationship with god your love with god is so powerful from his end that Mm. if you can begin to match that with him the power of that 
impacts everybody around you. And ultimately, like Romans 8, 19, uh, verse 22, which I'm going to read it right now. So good, man. Says this. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation itself waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Creation itself is waiting for the harmony, the love, the power of your relationship with God to pour out all throughout the world. And and, and that's the, the full redemption of a new heavens and new earth, but we get to experience it today now because of the Amen. blood of Jesus. And if I don't I don't know what else can draw you, draw me, draw the church into coming back to God. It's not ministries, it's not systems, it's not events, it's not conferences, none of that. It's not legislation. None of that is going to transform the world. But what's going to transform the world is the church abiding mm-hmm. with their creator, with you right. abiding with the father, with the loving affection and power of that relationship pouring out of your life everywhere you go that's going to be the the catalyst for ch- for the change and revival that we're expecting in the church so i i i'm with you when you say let everything go in your mind that you feel is so important and get back to the father get back to him because the, the word promises us this man that if we seek him first everything will be added and i'm not that doesn't mean Temporal, like money and Bugattis and all that, you know, but the peace that we need, the comfort that we need, the security mm. that we need, all that will be given to you. And so, like you're saying, then we'll be able to expense that, display that, and, and walk around this world with a light that everyone needs to see. Mm. And it's so important, bro. Just make him the top priority. Make mm. him the top priority. That's so good, man. Well, bro. We're heading to the end of our time, man, and I hate yes, that because we were. This is such an amazing conversation yes, we're having, bro. Absolutely. So we're gonna have to continue this on another on another show. But I don't want to leave without giving you the opportunity to share uh, what I've been asking all of our guests to share, and that's this: uh, if you had the opportunity to speak to the whole global church all together, mm-hmm. all at once, and they were in front of you, and someone handed you a mic and said, "You got one minute to tell them what you want to tell them." What would it be? And I, I would do. I would do this. I would share this simple thought that this is not new to God. This is not new to God. This pandemic, this situation, or whatever problem that someone is facing at the moment may be new to you, but to God, it's not. And that's good news for us, simply because this. If it's not new to God, that means He's in control. We all we all know that God is sovereign. If God is sovereign, that means He's never scared or surprised. So if God is never scared or surprised, that means you're always secure. If this is not new to God, this that means he's always faithful. Just because we don't get what we want doesn't mean God is not going to give us what we want. Like faithfulness is not saying, God, hey, you, you granted me this request, this request. No, the faithfulness is God shown that he's always with you. Yeah. He's never going to leave you. His concern is your comfort in him and your trust in him. And lastly, if this is not new to God, that means he's still using the church. And it's yeah. more people are hearing the gospel. We're containing coronavirus, but we're spreading the love of Jesus Christ. And so that would be my thing to share with everybody else, that this is not new to God. Mm. Trust him, believe in him, and be used by him because the world is going to change whether we like it or not. And God's still on the throne, and God is still reigning. 
and God still has his sovereign swag. And so he's going to do his God thing. You know what I'm saying? So that would be the thing I love to share and encourage somebody with right now. Come on. That's great, man. And I, and I second that thought, bro. He is with you. He's mm-hmm. in you. And he still desires to use your relationship, your affection, your love, your connection with him in ways that would blow your mind of what he could do when you just trust and abide Absolutely. in him. Absolutely. Well, Karen, dude, I love you, bro. Thank you so much for taking the time, bro. It's been such a blessing and honor to have you on the show, man. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarrollnow. Have a great day. Until next time.